Hello, fellow RVers, and welcome to episode 31 of the RV Canucks podcast. Well, the times, they are a-changin', and we are very much hoping that they are changing for the better sooner rather than later, because today, Dan and I are talking about our very best tips for crossing the border in your RV. If you're just joining us for the first time or have been around a while, welcome. I'm Melina and together with my husband Dan and our teen and tween girls, we spend all of our free time traversing North America in our truck and travel trailer and show you how you can do the same. We also talk a lot about gear, tips, tricks on the road, our favorite places to stay, and a whole bunch of wacky stories. So we're super happy you're here. As always, if you love what you're hearing on the show, we always are looking for you to reach out to us. You can reach us by email at hello at rvcanucks.com. That's rvcanucks.com. Or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram at rvcanucks. Also, if you're enjoying the show and you listen to us on Apple, we would love for you to throw down some reviews and leave some comments on what you like about the show. So let's dive into it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about crossing the land border between Canada and the US in your RV and explain some of the subtle but important differences when heading from Canada to the US or vice versa. But first we're going to give seven or eight of our best tips that apply no matter which direction you're heading and will help make the process a whole lot smoother. The biggest tip you can give yourself as travelers is to arrive at the border prepared. I cannot stress this enough. So that means having your travel documents, paperwork ready for inspection, roll down all your windows and prep the kids on what to expect. What would you suggest for the kids? Like we have been traveling with our kids across the border since they were very, very young and have always taught them what to expect. So the first thing I do is I make sure to remind the girls that the border agents are are a lot like the police. And if they can understand that they're like the police who they see every day, then they can understand. So that's the first thing. The next thing I remind them is it's yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. Talk in a firm, confident voice. And then just make sure the kids know where you're going and where they live. I know that that sounds kind of like something they should already know or they should have picked up, but I think what I'm saying is prepare them for a couple of the questions they might get so that they can feel confident and answer those. Because I think part of getting across the border is just being confident, clear, and organized. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the big ones is, you know, depending on how old your kids are, and our kids have been asked this in the past, like even though we're showing our passports and they've all got the same names and stuff, like they will look at the kids and say, is this mom and dad? Like, are these your parents, right? And if your your kid might just freeze up and look at them and think, well, what do you mean? Yeah, but you know, that can be uh, highly stressful for the kids. So just kind of priming them what to expect, I guess, without making them afraid, because it's not a scary situation. But also that, you know, truth and accuracy and speaking loud enough that they can hear you is important. And just listen, when you pull up, tell them not to be distracted. And chances are they won't be because it's a bit of a novelty or a bit of a new situation. So they'll be looking around. But you know, if you need to tell your kid to put down their phone or put down their iPad or put down their book, then that's probably a good idea because they should focus on the conversation at hand. Don't, Mm -hmm. Don't make the border person work for it. Exactly. Okay, so how about our bonus RV Connects kids tip? So as many of you probably have picked up by now, we like to go to Disney. We've taken the trailer to Disney. We've also flown out of Pittsburgh and Buffalo to go to Disney. Whether you're going into the US or coming back into Canada, it's been helpful if the kids have Mickey Mouse underneath their arm or if they're a young kid or they wear their Mickey ears because it just puts everybody in a good jovial mood and everybody's happy and the border agent wants to talk about 
Mickey Mouse and Disney and just tends to put everybody in a good mood and get you through the border a whole lot quicker. We've never had a problem getting through just like that. It kind of relaxes everybody and puts them in a good mood. So that's kind of our bonus tip. Mm -hmm. And to aid in that whole transition, it helps to plan for extra time. So no matter what day or time you're trying to cross the border, you simply cannot predict the wait times. Like we've sailed through during rush hour traffic times when, you know, Friday, when you think a lot of people would be crossing the border or when they typically are crossing the border. And we've had to wait 45 minutes to an hour on like a Wednesday night at 9pm. You really can't predict what's going to happen or how many lanes are going to be open, etc. So when I'm planning a trip, we plan an hour to an hour and a half for border time. So if you do that, you're going to feel a whole lot better about the situation if you gain time on your trip than if you expect to only wait for 15 or 20 minutes and you're sitting there for an hour. Right, absolutely. And so I think probably on the same note, idea number three here is stop and use the duty-free washrooms when you get close to the border. And so you're going to see signs for duty-free. Duty-free, we've never been let down, always has parking for big trucks, motorhomes, RVs, Mm -hmm. trailers, all that kind of stuff. So all you got to do is pull in. You don't have to buy anything. You just go in, you find the washrooms. Everybody uses the washrooms. It's a great spot to dump your McDonald's garbage, your Tim Hortons cups, any snacks that are in the car, do a little bit of a tidy up, get yourself organized, and then cross the border. Mm-hmm. And and I probably factor that even into our hour, hour and a half stop. We don't mean stay in line for an hour and a half. We mean, hey, pull over, use the washroom, that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Because the last thing you want is somebody with a bursting bladder having to jump out of your car and into the motorhome or into the RV or into the trailer. And that creates suspicion, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Don't start jumping lines to try and get through. Pick a line, stick with your line and be the gray man. Yeah. For sure. And if you're traveling with pets or houseplants, if you're a full-time RVer and you have a lot of like live plants in your RV, make sure you do your research. Okay. So dogs, cats, ferrets, they all require a valid rabies vaccine. Puppies and kittens like under six months of age are exempt from that. However, you have to be able to prove without a doubt how young that pet is. Any other pets you may have, birds, etc. make sure you do your research while you're well in the planning phases of your trip. And I mean like say six months out because if you need to get specific paperwork or exemption records for a plant or a clearance record or you know what have you you're going to want to do that several months ahead so that you can arrive prepared and not have to turn around absolutely because we've heard so many horror stories from our friends even friends who've tried to bring a bird across the border and didn't have their paperwork in line Mm-hmm. And really, I think we just have to keep in mind that these are not put in place to make your life difficult. They're put in place to keep diseases out of our agricultural community and out of our natural resources. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tip number five, we strongly, strongly encourage getting a passport if you do not have one. Although technically, if you're a Canadian or a US citizen, and we are visiting each other's countries via a land border, you don't need one, you can cross if you're an adult with an enhanced driver's license or like a nexus, etc. Children under 15 actually don't require a passport, you can still travel on their birth certificate. However, we strongly advise against this for two reasons. One, it makes the whole process easier if you have it. And two, 
if something happens while you are away from home and you suddenly find yourself in a situation where you need to hop back on a plane and fly back immediately, that isn't going to be possible if you don't have a passport. So just do yourself a favor. The cost is nominal for the amount of years you get it for and just get one. I mean, you can also apply for a Nexus, which will work in airports as well. However, the process for that is is somewhat arduous and, and, and much longer. So if you're not going to be crossing regularly, just do yourself a favor and you know, pay the $75 or whatever the fee is now and get yourself a passport for yourself and your your children. And if you're going to rely on Nexus, make sure that the Nexus line where you're crossing takes an RV. Otherwise, you're going to be euchred. Mm-hmm. And I guess my last word of advice is, listen, they're expecting you to have a passport, even though there's other ways to do it. So just show up with a passport and make it nice and easy on them. Mm-hmm. I think our next tip number six is come with cash handy. So if you're going to cross into either country, make sure you have a a little bit of currency, you know, either US dollars or Canadian dollars, because chances are after you cross a bridge, you're going to have to pay a toll. You're going to have to pay a toll to get across that bridge at some point. You're not going to pay it to the border agent. You're going to pay it at a toll booth either just before or just after crossing the border, but you're going to want to have that handy. And the last thing that you want to do is not have tolls handy. If you're a Canadian, and sometimes even this still catches us off guard when we travel in the US, we're not accustomed to showing up at a manned toll booth in the US and having to pay a rolled toll every couple of kilometers. And funny story, maybe we'll get into it later in another podcast. I'm a wanted man in Oklahoma over 50 cents. <laughs> I showed up. I didn't have the full 50 cents to get me through the unmanned toll booth at nine o'clock at night. So we just, we gave them the money that we had and we rolled on. But I think if you're a Canadian and you're used to toll roads or the absence of toll roads in Canada, where it's usually automated, if, if any at all, just have some cash handy to get through the tolls a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. The next tip, number seven, we've kind of touched on this a little bit when Dan said like pick a lane and stick to it but pay attention to the signs and pick the corresponding lane for your vehicle like you said some Nexus lines won't accept RVs sometimes there's auto lines and usually you can go through there with an RV however sometimes they make an auto slash RV line and it's very clear that they want all of the RVs to go through that line so make sure like usually you're not in such a rush you have some time to kind of read each booth and figure out where you're supposed to be or sometimes there's somebody standing there and guiding you to which lane they would like you to go into, but just don't blindly assume that every booth is going to be appropriate for crossing in an RV. The other thing I would say too, is if you're Canadian or American and you're crossing into Canada in the area of Quebec, you want to make sure that you're crossing into a bilingual lane so that you get an English speaking border agent. Yeah, good point. Something that we don't all think about, but something to keep in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. Okay, so finally, number eight, the message from... Canada Border Services Agency is don't bring it in, don't take it out. And this, of course, has to do with marijuana. So although it's legal in Canada, everywhere, taking marijuana in any form across the border, whether it's entering or exiting Canada, is completely illegal. So that includes CBD oils, anything containing THC, even if you're using it for medical reasons. So a prescription or just a letter from your doctor is not going to cut it. You must have a permit or exemption, which must be issued by Health Canada. So if that's something that you absolutely need to use for medical reasons, you need to go ahead and do the legwork beforehand to get that permit to be able to cross with it. So our next stage here is traveling from Canada to the USA. So the first thing I would say is know the license plate of your vehicle or your trailer. If staying at a state or a national park in the US, the border agent can look that up and confirm that you have a reservation based on your license plate number, but chances are they're going to run both numbers regardless. And if you can just have it on a little piece of paper and handily give it to the agent, that's going to help them big time. Mm -hmm. We 
kind of learned this the hard way. We showed up. We didn't have that information handy. Fortunately, they were friendly enough and said, don't worry about it. We'll walk back. You walk back, scribbled it down and did it. But it just speeds up the whole thing if you're completely organized and don't make them work for the information. Mm -hmm. And that information wasn't readily available. Like we found out from that border services agent that not only did he want our truck license plate, he wanted the one for the trailer. And the trailer was fairly new at this point. So we hadn't memorized it. I still don't know it, but off by heart. But he was the one who specifically said, because we had a state park reservation in New York State, that he could look it up on his system and just confirm that the details we were giving him about our reservation were correct. So, okay. So number two, do your grocery shopping stateside. The U.S. has slightly more stringent measures about what can be brought over in terms of fresh food, meats, dairies, and in what quantities. Do yourself a favor if you're a Canadian citizen going to the U.S., just get your groceries on the U.S. side. You can certainly do the legwork before to figure out what you can travel with. But quite honestly, by the time you hit a border in Canada and cross it, you're usually enough hours into the trip that you want to get out and stretch your legs or have a bathroom break anyway. So usually we plan a grocery store, you know, not far across the border. And that's when we just get out. We might eat. We might stretch our legs, use a bathroom and just walk around the store and get our groceries. And it's just a perfect place to stop while you're starting your trip. And you're going to have to stop anyway. So make it the grocery stop. Yeah. And of course, when you tell the person when you cross the border into the US that your fridge is empty and they want to pop their head in like they have on us before, your fridge is empty. Mm -hmm. Just builds more credibility with them. Absolutely. So tip number three, specifically for entering the US, you can only bring one liter of alcohol per adult over 21 across all product lines of alcohol duty-free. That's it. So that said, alcohol is boatloads cheaper in the United States. So for example, my favorite wine in the universe, which is a California Cabernet Sauvignon, Stag's Leap, if anybody cares, it's fantastic. It's $35 a bottle in the States, which is $44 Canadian. And to buy it at our local store in Canada, it costs me $56 a bottle, which is why I get it once a year. So next up, traveling from the USA into Canada. Well, you can bring a larger selection of meat, dairy, fruit, veg, etc. into Canada in much larger quantities than you can if you're going into the States. If you're US citizens coming into Canada for a holiday, your dollar's worth like 30% more than our dollar is. So really anything you buy up here is going to be a lot cheaper for you anyway, including groceries. So I mean, that said, we have come back into Canada several times. And if you're a regular listener, you know, there's certain products in the States that we can't get in Canada that we absolutely love. So we stop at a grocery store and we bring some back, which is totally fine too. But just as we said, you know, you're going to want to stretch your legs anyway. It's easier when you don't have to declare anything coming across. So we recommend just also getting your groceries on the Canadian side. Firearms. This is a big one to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Contrary to popular belief, you can travel to Canada with a registered firearm. However, you're only going to be able to do that under a stringent set of circumstances that are going to involve a lot of paperwork. So there's a couple of solutions here. One, and we recommend leave the heat at home when visiting the Great White North. So chances are you're not going to need a gun here. So just leave it at home. It, it, it's just going to make crossing the border all that much easier. If you're coming up here because you're a sportsman or you're traveling through to Alaska, that kind of thing, what I would encourage you to do is to do your research. If you're traveling to Alaska, make sure that you check out what all the process is for that to travel from the U.S. through Canada into Alaska or vice versa. If you're a sportsman coming into Canada, and I suppose this really goes just beyond the actual fire, firearm, but if you're coming
coming to hunt and fish, talk to the destination if you're traveling to a lodge and find out what all the requirements are so that when you get there, you've done it properly. But know this, if you follow the process properly and you tell them that you have a firearm, you're going to need extra time at the border. They're not just going to wave you through. Mm right anybody who's watched border security on tv knows that this is an onerous process and it's going to chew up sometimes so build that into your your planning as you're about to cross the border and don't try to hide it from them because you're really and and this goes without anything if you show up with something you didn't realize you weren't supposed to have whether it's food or firearms just be upfront and tell them that you have it because mm-hmm. they can work with somebody who made a mistake they can't work with somebody who's trying to commit a crime so the last thing i'll talk about on weapons in addition is although items such as mace pepper spray and tasers are legal in a lot of states they are completely and totally illegal in canada and they're prohibited items so mm-hmm. don't don't bring them mm-hmm. the only people who have that stuff up here are police officers correct okay so again alcohol limits are low for duty free if you're crossing over they're a little bit more generous than going into the state Uh, but you can only bring back a liter and a half of wine, which is like two regular size bottles of wine per adult. So for somebody like me who loves wine and who would love to be able to bring a case of my favorite wine up, you cannot do that. Um, But you can bring a 40 of liquor and 24 cans or bottles of beer. However, we have stronger beer in Canada than you do in the States as a general rule. So just come up and experiment with some of the fine craft breweries you will probably visit while you're on your trip. And again, I hate to hammer at this, you know, you've heard me talk before that I like yingling beer and Mm -hmm. we have brought a little bit of extra beer over extra wine and not always on purpose and certainly not in huge quantities. We just declare it up front. Yeah. They don't want to have to work for the information we've been over and they've kind of educated us on it and we've only been over by like say a case of beer or a bottle of wine nothing egregious they educate you and they move you along Mm -hmm. the worst that's going to happen if you're completely honest they're going to ask you to pull over and pay a little bit of duty that's the worst that's going to happen but just don't make them work for it for sure all right so last tip last tip is water and we've heard this before but um and i don't know why this is a rumor that's pervasive in the rv community but we have water in our campgrounds (laughs) so if you're traveling to a campground in canada from the u.s don't Fill up your holding tank with fresh water. We have water. It's fresh. It tastes good. (laughs) You're going to be able to get water at your final destination. So the only thing that you're doing is hauling around... 300 pounds of water. (laughs) You're hauling around more water and burning more gas and slowing yourself down. You can fill up on water when you get there. If you want to keep a little bit in there just for washing your hands and the odd thing along the way, that's a completely different story. But we have water, so you don't need to fill the fresh water holding tank. For sure. Yep. So those are our tips. I hope that you have found them helpful. And they're just a great reminder, even if you've been across the border a ton of times, a lot of these are also applicable if you're just traveling in a vehicle without a trailer or an RV. So hopefully it encourages you to uh, travel further abroad and cross the border on your next road trip. Yep, absolutely. Just a friendly face who's organized with a clean vehicle is going to get across the border a whole lot easier than somebody who's grumpy and makes people work for it. Absolutely. All right, so that's it. We will catch up with you again in two weeks. Have a great day. Bye. (laughs) 